In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Live. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing. With me, well, in spirit anyways, but I don't see her body here yet, is Maureen Wood, the queen of pain. Uh, Maureen's out in California, she's supposed to call in, but we shall see, uh, you know, Women are fickle things. You never know what you're going to get. Anyways, we have a great show tonight. We have my favorite uh, astrologer, which would be uh, this Dorothy Morgan. Hey, Hello. Dorothy. Hello. How are you doing tonight, Ron? Outstanding. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, you did the show last week, and unfortunately I missed it because I was at the book signing. But uh, what did we talk about? Was there anything I should know? Um, I did a lot of talking about Mercury retrograde. Oh, not that damn Mercury retrograde again. Okay, it's... When the hell is he going to get out of here? Yesterday. Yay! 9.15, 8.15 in the morning. It was finished. Oh, praise the gods. <laughs> praise the Lord. Yay, pass the ammunition. Yeah, it was a tough one for a lot of people. It felt pretty uncomfortable, but it's there to teach us what we're missing throughout the other four months of the, you know, it, it goes retrograde every four months, and so the other times when it's not Lucky retrograde. Us. Huh? Lucky us. Well, you know, it's like resting. <laughs> it, it goes retrograde the same amount of time that we rest. We sleep. Well, yeah, whatever. Most of us. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I mean, this Berkeley is really just a pain in the ass. I don't know why, why we just don't send a few nukes out there and send them out to the next happy hunting ground. That might really screw up the uh, living on the planet here if we did that, I think. Well, you never know. I don't know. It could fall into the sun and all burn up. I'll be right with the universe. Who knows? You're right. Who knows? I don't. <laughs> I, I certainly don't. But not, anyway. Yes. Go ahead. No, no. It's not easy to predict the future like that, now, is it? <laughs> no, no. You know, that's the thing. We really, really don't know. You know, we're up here on planet Earth, and we are nothing more than an experiment. We have no clue what we're doing. We just, uh, you know, we just doing our thing, and hopefully it turns out right. I know. I was discussing that with a, a client today. It's like, oh, Lord, you got to wonder what, what any of it's worth or what any of it's really all about, because it's just, who knows. 
I mean, some people must like it because they hang out. That gives you something to do <laughs> after they leave. Yeah, well, you know, you know, it's it's really funny. It's like there's there's so many things that we really really don't know. I mean, we're really playing it by ear. I mean, like for instance, uh, we're all into environment uh, environmentalism. You know, green this and green that. You know, save the whales. Or anything. You know, maybe they're not supposed to be saved. You know, the, the dinosaurs went their way. Maybe the whales are supposed to go their way. I mean, I'm, I'm not advocating the death of whales. I mean, I do have my degree in environmental science, but we don't really know. Maybe that is the natural thing in life. I mean, there's a thing in nature called natural selection. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I really don't, you know, don't know. Uh, I would. Be, it would be really nice to say, okay, uh, you know, this is what we're supposed to do and but we really don't. We just kind of... No, we don't. I mean, we have, we've only been keeping records for such a short time. I mean, who knows? This isn't the natural order, just of what's going on on the planet. We're watching the thing on, Earth, on the San Andreas Fault on television last night, and of course we had the earthquake yesterday. We had another one today. Uh-huh. And I'm going to tie that in astrologically in a minute. But, Are you really? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm actually. But they didn't I was even... actually going to tie it into Armageddon, but that's another story. Go ahead. Yeah, but I was just, I was just floored when when they were going through the whole history of, of the San Andreas Fault, but our scientists didn't even know until 40 years ago that there were tectonic plates that moved. I mean, they didn't even know that, and it just floors right. me. I mean, that's my lifetime that they found out that, and it just seems like that's always been known. No, so we, we know so very little. We know very little about it. But right. I mean, I mean there's, there's so many things that, you know, we, we want everything nice and neat, but it isn't that way. I mean, like, for instance, uh, if you believe in a higher being, right? Um, you know, you have to accept its existence. In other words, if you don't, then where's the higher being coming from? Uh, you know, or, or how did the universe start? I mean, you know, there's got to be something, something, something. Somewhere there was a beginning, you know? I know. It, it's so bizarre. It's just totally mind-boggling. It is mind-boggling, and our brain is huge, and we can't con- we can't get grasp our heads around. You know, I, we barely know just a, a little percentage of really what's going on out there and here, and you know, and we just we're not even a blink in the eye in the age of the universe, and you know, from beginning to whenever we end, you know. That's right. Now, yeah, how how long we've been around for what? Uh, Fifty thousand years, I think 50, they've. Right. And like now that. the now for instance, the Egyptian uh, civilization was around for about what five thousand years, something like that. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, how many Egyptians do you really know that you can tell their names? Of, now you remember five thousand years of people living and dying and living and dying. You might know what uh, two ton common and uh, yeah, a couple, uh, couple of the pharaohs. I mean, that's about it. Yeah, a few dozen. Shows you how insignificant we are, and yet we all, you know, we're all out there just to be famous. Famous, what? In this few seconds, we're here on the on Earth. I know. You know, there's so many other things that we should be doing instead of that. Yeah, you know, just uplifting humanity. So, how's your fame going? I hear you're really busy with. <laughs> yeah, it, it comes kind of comes kind of stupid for me, but yeah, yeah. Actually, we we have a virtual radio tour coming up. It's going to be. Absolutely crazy. We're going to be bouncing all over the, the state, Canada, doing radio shows. So. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's but good. The, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, no matter who we are spiritually, we still have to eat and we still have to pay our bills. So yeah, well, I'd like to see that part of it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes, I do know what you mean. (laughs) We've written the book, Marion. Have I written the book? And and I think it's a pretty darn good book myself. It's very unique for those who don't know. It's Ghost Chronicles, and it's written in both Maureen and uh, my perspective. And you actually uh, go along with those investigations. It's not narrative. You're actually there. Right. And, uh, of course, you you bought a copy, didn't you? Not yet. <laughs> I was waiting for you to sign one for Oh, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get there last week because I was talking on the radio, so. <laughs> <laughs> Ever in my butt again, I guess. It seems like it, but that's okay. It was fun. But I'm anyways, gonna... we were talking a little bit. Uh, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles Live uh, on Pararex, on Net, Ghost Channel, and beyond. Uh, we were talking a little bit uh, about, uh, you know, earthquakes and stuff, and I mentioned Armageddon, and you know that 2012 is kind of like a wild card for us because a lot of people don't know what's going on then. Do you have any idea what's going to happen in 2012 for us, young lady? Well, I do. Astrologically. You know, it, it, it is, but it, it's, these things are already actually starting. You know, to actually, you know, pick a date that December 21st, 2012 is the end you know, it, 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 it's, a lot of, it's a lot of theory. I mean, there's an awful lot that supports it because, I mean, it is the end of the Mayan calendar. And, but the thing that most people don't realize, and, and what they're basing this Mayan calendar energy on is the galactic center. It's the center of our galaxy. And our solar system, the Milky Way in our solar system, does this funky little spiral through space, and it takes 26,000 years to start to the end, and it's a big circle. And we'll be at that point at 2612. We'll be complete. We'll have completed that 26,000 year time frame. But what people don't realize is is that every year on December 21st, the sun is lined up with that point. So it doesn't. So it's not a big, massive. There's nothing big in particular that actually really should happen on that day. But there's a number of other things that are going on right now, and it's the planet Uranus and the planet Saturn. They've been opposite each other off and on because. One will go retrograde, then the other will, and stuff like that. Yeah. And when they're lined up like that, there's stresses. And the best physical way to describe these stresses are earthquakes. Hmm. And they were lined up in um, the end of January, you know, January 30th to January 12th, 2009. So we've, we're already starting this. They were specifically lined up, and this is why this Mercury retrograde was so difficult, September 9th to the 17th this year, just few weeks ago. And so these stresses are built up. And then when other planets, like Mercury, the planet of communication, um, is, is right there where this planet Saturn is, so then it's opposite Uranus, it causes exceptional amounts of stress, communication breakdowns, people just, you know, digging the hell out of details. And like an earthquake and the tectonic plates, basically there's a buildup of pressure. And out of nowhere, which is Uranus, comes an earthquake and tsunamis. And so these stresses have been building up and building up. And I'm not surprised that we had earthquakes this week because, you know, we should have, you know, we, the, the peak of the stress was September 9th to September 17th. Mm-hmm. And so we're having these earthquakes that are just, you know, they're relieving the pressure. So now we have to figure out how this is going to affect us on a personal basis. I mean, where are we feeling these pressures? What do we need to do to relieve the pressures in our life before something like a tsunami comes and wipes everything out? 
Now, let so, me ask you this. I mean, is you think, I mean, this is really off the wall, but you think perhaps the stress in today's society is actually causing stress to the Earth itself? Absolutely. We live on this planet. No one can deny the fact that every living thing is some sort of atom, and we're all atoms and molecules. And you can see under a microscope these atoms and molecules vibrate. So we're all vibrating. So if we're stressed and, you know, there's war here and war there and, you know, weapons being built here and people getting stressed out, yeah, absolutely. And so the planet is, is relieving those pressures. So I believe that's 100% true. Absolutely. I'm a lot smarter than I look then, evidently. You are very intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, way to kiss up. Well, you know, no, but you, you really you picked up on that very well. So that, at least that means I'm not going too far over your head. <laughs> I don't want to do that. What makes you think I understand it? It just pops in my head. <laughs> well, you got to As I've always said, I'm a dumb psychic, which means just thoughts randomly come into my head. That's why I'm all over the place all the time. I just... Uh, I know I have a right, right-sided right brain. You know what a right-sided brain is, by the way? Yeah, you're intuitive. The left side for logical thinking, is that what you mean? Well, actually, it, it, that's that's one part of it. But in, in a right-sided brain, for instance, usually your uh, your most terrible writers are, are uh, uh, not writers as in pose, but actual uh, penmanship are right-sided because their brains are much faster than their uh, motor reflexes. Oh, okay. So their speech sometimes is screwed up. Sometimes they're writing. Sounds uh, like a so, Gemini. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Sounds like me. <laughs> See, or well, you may be right-sided. Uh, who knows? No, I don't know. It's uh, who knows. It's all tied in, but it's it's all cool stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I do. So these are so this is the 2012 energy. It's actually already we're already feeling it. And then so these, this is the prequel to the 2012. This is the 2012. All right. In my opinion, you know, okay. from the stuff I've been reading, you know, we have we have more. I mean, we have this Saturn and Uranus opposition happens again um, in April, all the way into May. You know, April 23rd to May 1st is when, and we feel the pressures before these things and after as well, but the peak pressure time. So, and that's 2010, and then we have again July in August 2010. And those are the major Saturn-Uranus oppositions, and at the same time, then we have Pluto at zero, cardinal point. So these are all at critical points for the planet, because the planet Earth actually has a chart. It's the natural chart. And so these positions that um, Saturn and Uranus are at, and then two other planets, as they'll trigger these points throughout the next two years, um, the planet is making some big adjustments. That's why we have, you know, probably why we have global warming. I'm sure, you know, we, we certainly do make a difference in our pollution, and we certainly should be responsible just because that's respect, you know. But these things are happening. The Earth is shifting and changing. And, you know, the pressure and the stress of being in the solar system where it's at and how the other planets apply pressure to it as well, it, it can't not but affect us. But you know what? You you actually can uh, use your astrological charts and look out many years in the future, right? Yes, I can. Well, I was going to ask you about 2012, if, if there is anything after 2012. But uh, before we get to that, I mean, can you use your astrological charts to predict, predict one's death? Sometimes. 
Not, really? Not exactly when. I mean, I've, you know what, I, the only example I can use is my grandmother, you know, because when uh-huh. she passed away, you know, I was just looking at her chart. But I was looking at it in the relationship to me and how it affected me because I don't know what time she was born. She was born in, you know, 1909, so, you know. I don't even think they had clocks back then. <laughs> I don't know, but she would have been 100 in November. Oh, God bless her. She died at 98. And um, just ten days, uh, seven days after her birth, her 98th birthday. But anyways, I was looking. You know, you know, you can see things that are going on, and there are certain planets that yes, they help people to pass on. You know, because it's an expansion of consciousness. So there's one planet that will do that if you're having. I don't want to say which one it is because I don't want people when they come for a reading they all freak <laughs> out. <laughs> but there's one planet that really it's about expansion. And so if you have to expand yourself and you're close and, you know, and there's something going on, then, you know, you can see that there's a big possibility that somebody's going to pass. And even when people come to me that they have cancer or a spouse has cancer, you can see that they're actually at a turning point where they can make a choice whether they want to stay or leave. So you can to some degree. Now, maybe some other astrologers could pinpoint it better than that, but... And I had my nanas down to the day. Wow! But you know, I was with her. Well, well it, it, as you know, know on, on our latest podcast on iTunes and uh, Ghost Village is uh, Myrna the Death Doll, which uh, will predict uh, when you're going to die. Uh, so I mean, but I, I actually did a show and I had people call in to find out when they were going to die, but we really didn't get too many callers, which is kind of amazing. Oh, that's interesting. I'd like to know. I'm, you know, the, the date, October 17th, always seems to come up in my life, and I'm wondering if that's the day I'll die. <laughs> I'm not kidding. During spectral evidence. I wonder. I always wonder. I wonder if I'll cause it, just because I've always wondered about that. Yeah, you have to be careful what you manifest. I mean, that's, that's a big thing. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't obsess about it. Every once in a while, well, on October 17th, I'll be wondering. <laughs> it won't be now, now, on the 17th, I will be thinking of you. There you go. There won't be any time soon. I'll be in my 90s before I go. But <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there are there are certain ways you can see it, you know. And no. some some people have really you can see in their birth charts that they've either had, and I know you're not a fan of past lives, but they've had yeah. traumatic deaths. You think? Previously, yeah, I know. Or or you can see that they're going to have a traumatic death. I had a friend that had a really, really rough, rough aspect in her birth chart, and she was hit by a car and killed. She was in her early 20s, mid-20s. And uh, so you could see these things. You say that you can see tendencies. Yep. And you were saying? Did I lose you, Ron? Actually, I had a big mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, I'm not ready to do this show by myself. I have to prepare. Tea <laughs> <laughs> time. Uh, usually if I have Maureen here, I can sneak it through, but uh, you caught me. So. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, one thing we did we did talk about, uh, the, the 2012 prophecy, is, is a rebirth rather than uh, the end of the earth. Uh, there are so many books out there right now. I mean, it's... There uh, are. Yeah, it's simply amazing. I don't. I don't know what. What is your prediction? Uh, Twenty twelve. Is it a rebirth? Is it, it, is. Mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, we have a choice. I mean, this has always gone on as long as humans have been, you know, 
not living in caves, you know, we've been consciously thinking, you know, about, you know, just all you have to do is just look back hundreds of years with news. You know, it's always the end of the world. It's always the end of the world. And, you know, basically with the... Oh, yeah, 2000. I mean, look at that, right? I know, and that was nothing. All we got to see was a drunk Charlie Gibson over in... Over in Paris, celebrating the New Year, it was pretty funny. I remember well, that night. I, I did increase my stock of batteries, so that worked out pretty good for me, anyway. Well, that's always good, just for winter coming up here in New England, well, you know. Yeah, ghost hunting. Oh yeah, that's right. You can't have a cord dragging around with you, can you? I'm working on it. Okay. Well, that's but, good. I mean, and also even Heaven's Gate. I mean, they were ones that really into it. So I mean, oh, that's right. They all killed themselves too. Yeah. <laughs> Don't don't they feel foolish now? Well, they know better now. Wait a minute. They not only killed themselves, but they also castrated themselves. Oh. Yeah, so that's like a double-edged sword, no pun intended. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Oh, you did? Oh, that's awful. Well, you know, there's questions we can ask ourselves, you know, with with this Saturn-Uranus opposition and just with this 2012 stuff. Because, I mean, yeah, it can be doom and gloom, but, I mean, it's it's no different than the epidemic of, of a flu, you know. You know, you're going to listen to whatever they're going to hype you up about on the news. You know, you have to decide, just like you said, careful what you think or say because you're going to manifest it. I mean, everybody's going to catch a flu here or there. That's just that's life. Right. But when we're coming up against stresses, like the earth is having that causes earthquakes, and these things are huge. So this, again, represents what's going on in people's lives. Not everybody. I mean, you know, whatever's stressful, you just deal. But, you know, the questions are, is, you know, like, what, you know, what's your relationships like? I mean, are you in a truthful relationship? Because, I mean, that's really what life's all about. I mean, are you in a good relationship? Is it what you need? You've got to ask yourself these questions because we're in Libra time as well right now. So, you know, for you to be asking this in about 2012, it really is about our partnerships, our relationships, our relationships with ourselves. And I know it's kind of mushy, gooey stuff, but, you know. So, you know, but actually fact. You, you hit that right on the, on the button because, I mean, that is really important. When you take a look at the families nowadays and, and how distant they are compared to what they were years ago, I mean, that's kind of like... Also, as the planet is drifting away, as the family of man drifts away, uh, it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's not a good thing. No, it's not. We need to have that that commitment and that companionship, you know. And, you know, so these questions are what's going on. I mean, you know, what are our relationships about? You know, I mean, do we know what our truth is? I mean, how are we how are we living? Are we really living the life we should be living? Not... You know, not overreaching our bounds, but you know what I mean. I mean, right. I'm happy at what we're doing. I mean, everybody has stress, but that can, that can come and go with just, you know, one breath. But, you know, are we being honest with ourselves? That's, these are the questions that we need to ask with the stressful energy that's out there, with the stressful energy of, you know, Saturn and Uranus, and just with everyday life. Right, right. I mean, that's... But, I mean, I, I believe, you know, of course, with, with my, I always bring up my Catholic upbringing, but, but you know, I love my religion. So that's, I don't mind doing it because I think it's a great religion. And one of the things they always preach is that you treat everyone as you would treat uh, the Creator. And I, I, that's a great philosophy. I mean, if we thought about who this fellow or this other woman or this person are that we're dealing with, I mean, we're from the same family, really. So, yeah. I mean, that's the way, if we, how much better the world would be. 
Exactly. I mean, it sounds kind of mushy and everything, but it's really, I mean, there's so much. And we judge. And we do so many things that we really shouldn't. I mean, we, we're so more evolved with uh, negativity towards our fellow man than really uh, positivity, where we're, we, we're actually trying to help or do things or, or even live in our own lives in more positive. Exactly. It is about attitude. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if the Catholic religion, um, you said, you know, we should treat everybody as if they're, you know, this God figure. Yep. But are you, are you allowed to treat yourself that way? I mean, if you have to constantly go to, to penance and, you know, I don't know the Catholic religion at all. Evidently not. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, is it? I mean, are it you, is. you allowed you are to treat actually, yourself that you, way? You're supposed to be right. I mean, you know, I, I really believe that, that God has a great sense of humor. And, uh, you, you know, and to, to create me, he must have, you know, that's all I can say. But he does. I mean, I, I really do. And, and uh, you know, you can screw up. And th- th- that's another good thing in Catholic religion. You can screw up and, uh, hey, you're okay. Yeah. You know, as long as you realize your, your errors, and that's it. I mean, that's the way life should be, is, is learning. I don't know how we got into this, but... Uh, kind of... right. it's, just part of, it's just part of the 2012 thing. We're, we're trying, we need to just get back to, you know, what is important, you know, where are our stresses coming from? Right, Identify exactly. on an individual basis where your stress is coming from. And creatively and, and from your truth, solve it. Nobody is going to solve it for you. All these handouts, just, no, that's not the way to do it. You need to solve it yourself so you treat your, so you're, you're being honest and truthful with yourself. That's what this Saturn Uranus is about, being honest and truthful with yourself. And it will relieve that stress and pressure. You know, I mean, if I used to be a stressed out person, and I've just learned not to. I mean, I have my days like everybody else, but you know, you just—it's your attitude. So you treat yourself with grace, you treat others with grace, and life is a lot easier. And you're not cutting people off in traffic because you're in a hurry to be two cars in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want to go in here. Actually, we—it's we, right. There is, there is so much stress, and uh, as that stress is, stress is transferred to the earth, I mean. You know what? Maybe the hippie movement in the 60s wasn't such a bad idea after all. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> it was just, you know, they were relaxed. They didn't care. Right. You've got to have some responsibility because Saturn requires that. I mean, Saturn right. does require that responsibility, but the planet Uranus wants us to be free, cut, and cut, cut loose. Let's be new. Let's be creative. Let's figure out a better way to do things. You know, and that's what Uranus wants us to do. It wants wants the new. And basically what the big deal about this is, Uranus, when Uranus and Saturn have a tangle like this, Saturn is um, the solid structure. It's the old ways, the old guard. It's everything old. And Saturn tends to win out lots of times. But when he goes up with, against Uranus, Uranus will win, which means old structures are breaking down. This is why people think that this is going to be, this is so dramatic in the next two years because every all the old structures, nothing that works, nothing from basically our modern history should be would remain should remain standing after 2012, and that's where they're coming up with this. Very interesting. I know we're just about out of time, and I want to thank you for coming on, but uh, what, what lies ahead for us in the upcoming uh, month? Oh, what lies ahead? It, it, it's all Libra energy. It is about um, staying in alignment with those relationships. 
you know, so really you need to, you know, dig in and um, just release what's not working. Really release what's not working. The last three weeks should have definitely showed us where our issues are. Because if whatever you had trouble with, and not just because you had a busy schedule, but whatever you had true, true, real true trouble with is what you need to examine and release. And this whole, this uh, next, most of the next month, uh, we're in Libra, and that's definitely about working on your relationships. All right. We've been talking to Dorothy. We want to thank you so much, Dorothy. And, uh, We'll be right back after the following messages. (laughs) The vault is open. You're listening to The Haunted Headlines, your source for the stories making waves in the paranormal news. Sponsored by GhostVillage.com at www.GhostVillage.com backslash news. Good evening, I'm Chris Balzano, and you're listening to The Haunted Headlines, Ghost Village's weekly journey around the paranormal newswire to bring you the biggest stories affecting the ghost community. The ghosts are out again at Croxon Park in Liverpool, England. In a report from the Liverpool Echo, a security camera at the Edwin Country House has caught a spirit for the second time this year. This ghost, which appears much like a person whose head is bald and reflecting the light, moves across the screen for more than 30 seconds. It closely resembles an orb with a cloak attached to it and appears transparent. According to the article, quote, One theory among mediums is that the figure may be the ghost of former resident Hugh William Osbert Monix, the seventh and last Earl of Sefton, who died in 1972. You may remember we covered a sighting in the same location last March. Stop by the Ghost Village news site to get a link to both sets of footage, and you can see for yourself. Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen may have left their X-Men personas behind, but they are still performing together, this time in the stage classic Waiting for Godot at the Theatre Royal Haymarket in London. Stewart got more than he bargained for when he signed on. He may be a veteran of the English stage, but the actor has seen his first ghost in a theatre. According to The Telegraph, the actor is said to have witnessed a man in a beige coat and twilled trousers just off the stage as he was coming off. The ghost is thought to be John Baldwin Buckstone, who was the actor-slash-manager of the Theatre Royale Haymarket in the mid-19th century and a good friend of Charles Dickens. While he did not skip a beat during the production, Stewart later said he was, quote, impressed by the oft-scene spirit. Nigel Everett, one of the directors of the theatre, said Buckstone, or whoever may be watching the plays from the afterlife, usually views comedies when they are performed. Lastly tonight, it may not have been a real ghost, but one spirit in India caused more suffering than any we've ever reported. In Bayrambore, five young men scaled the wall of the Ithar Senthal High School hostel, which separates the male and female quarters. The area was in the middle of a power outage, and the boys went door to door scaring everyone they saw. Thinking they had seen a real ghost, and one that had been reported in the dorms before, the girls suffered a disproportionate response. Quoting a source from the Times of India, one girl, Pratima Basque, whose age was not revealed, fell unconscious and was rushed to a local hospital. She was declared dead on arrival. Five other girls were hospitalized. Authorities are still trying to sort out the details before any other action can be taken. That's the news for this week. Make sure to sign on to Ghost Village's news site to check out these and other stories at www.ghostvillage.com backslash news. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. 
We all talk gobbledygooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. Yeah, back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Live on TogiNet and Pararex and Ghost Channel and beyond. Uh, with me is Dorothea. You're still there, Dorothy? I am. Yes. I wasn't uh, sure if I should hang up or not. I thought I'd wait. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all right. We actually have an unusual guest coming up now. Uh, I, I am not sure how this is going to work out, but... Uh, this woman might actually be doing some channeling on the air, so we will uh, we'll have to see. Okay. All right. So, uh, you ever hear of uh, Saint Germain? Yes. Really? Yes. And what do you know about this dude? Not much. Okay. You know what? I, it's always the, it's it's for those who don't know, it's the purple flame of Saint Germain, and or the violet flame. That's right. Yes, yes, I know now. I remember. Thank you. And I had, for the longest time, had all these signs that came to me uh, of Violet, which was really, really weird. So anyways, I run into this young lady at the book signing last week at Circles, and she actually knows quite a bit about uh, St. Germain and uh, other things. So why don't we bring her on? Her name is Susie Mann. Susie, you there? Yes, I am. Hi, how are you tonight? Hi, Susie. Hi, Maureen. Oh, this is Dorothy. Maureen's not oh, here. Oh, Dorothy, I'm sorry. That's all right. No, we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> not in Kansas? Well, I'm from Missouri. That's <laughs> close. Wow, that's close. So, uh, <laughs> Susie, you actually know quite a bit about uh, my good buddy, St. Germain, right? I know some, yes. And one of the... Hundreds of books. Magazines and books written about him. Right. And one of the things you, you actually sent me is there is a chant that you can do for protection when you go ghost hunting, which I found yeah. interesting. Well, it's a, it's a decree, it's a ritual that you, one, a person can say. And um, it's, uh, it's to protect you. It's, um, it's called the Tube of Light. And then there's a wall of blue flame that you put around it to the light. And then you use a violet-consuming flame uh, to blaze up through you. You visualize this, and, it, and that is also to purify uh, your energies as well. And now, can you tell us a little bit who this St. Germain character is and, and how we come up with these chants? And uh, I know they even have the... <laughs> The, uh, the violet rosary uh, for him as well. The violet flame is the violet flame is is a purification. It's a power, a divine love that everyone has within them. And if they bring it forth, it, what it will do, it will purify or clean out negative energy. Now, Saint Germain is an emissary from the White Brotherhood and Sisterhood of Light. 
They are masters of light. They are first man. God created us in his image. And these are these are men that have walked the earth, men and women, that have walked the earth thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. And they kept their connection with the source, with God. And so basically, we're t- are we talking an ascended master here? Yes. Okay. And they had lowered their vibrations into uh, physical form, and they perfected themselves. They experienced life as, you know, walking the earth, and then they ascended. They took their bodies with them, their physical forms with them. But they didn't go very far. They went to another dimension. And it is, it's just a dimension above us that they are so close to us that they walk with us all the time and they help us. They send us um, energies. How can I explain this? It's really complicated. <laughs> okay. There's so much. There is so much about them. There's so much good they do for us. But uh, fortunately, somehow, some reason, I'm able to see, uh, see them. I haven't been able to see them um, on several occasions, and as well as St. Germain conversing with him a lot, that they send out blue light. It's called um, electronic blue light. And if you can, if you have the gift of sight, you can look up in the sky and see this blue, these blue lights. They're like grids. Okay. Okay. And, like, it's energy, it's love, it's divine love. So they're constantly pouring into us all the time. Like the other night, I was upset about something, and I was on the phone, and all of a sudden I just saw these blue streaks of light coming into my um, living room. And what it was, it was just they were just sending me love, sending me love, and it made me feel better. They also teach us who we are and where we come from. God created us in his image. And God is everywhere. They teach us also the laws of nature, the laws of the universe, and they teach us something called the I Am Presence. And the I Am Presence is the Godhead of every individual that that person is. This is going to... I am blow some people's minds away, but we are created by God. We are God within us. Mm-hmm. And that we are so divine that God, that we can manifest and we can create. Well, you know that. Anyhow, you see people who are artists and singers and musicians. Right. And, and, and they're uh, creating. If you believe in the uh, cigarette, which came out a little while ago, I mean, that's the same premise. That, this uh, comes, yes, this we comes manifest, from there. Right. We manifest uh, our mm-hmm. own destinies, our own... Needs and wants and yeah, our own realities, you know, right? Yeah, exactly. Our own world, yeah, exactly. It's, there's something called the I am, and it sits above your head. It, it's above you and in you. It's golden energy of the Godhead, and it goes down through your higher mental body. And your higher mental body is blue, and oh, the Godhead is like a golden energy. 
And this energy comes down through the gold, uh, down through the mental body, which is like a blue form. Mm-hmm. And then that is connected to your soul. And your soul is the male and female energies of who you are. You know, like the female energy is pink and the male energy is blue. And I see all this, so that's always a validation for me. Now, have you seen it all your life, or is this something that that, that you had an experience that allows you to see this, or was no, it studying that allows to see, or how, how did this come about? Okay, about in May in 2000, um, I was having an experience with my, my, my little my little doggie was dying, and she was having heart condition, heart problems. And I had gone to a woman, and I had gone to her for, I don't know, I was sad about my dog. And she knew that I was seeing colors when I closed my eyes, and I was seeing angels, and I was seeing, I saw Jesus, and I was seeing a lot of strange things, ghosts and stuff like this in my apartment. Like I saw in my apartment this little, same color as my dog, a little red poodle. And she was there to comfort me or show me that there is an afterlife when my dog dies. And so this little poodle would come around dinner time, and I would reach down. I'd try to give her food, but she would vanish. She would always pop up around dinner time. But anyhow, I had gone to this woman, and I went into deep meditation. They call it theta. And I was able to go really deep, and I met, I saw this man come into my vision, into my inner eye, or into my mind, my mind's eye, and his name lit up in lights, and his name was Juniper. And Juniper talked to me about fear and talked to me about love, and he brought forth... um, I had disassociated myself of two personalities, of myself when I was a little girl and myself as an older woman, and he brought forth those personalities so I could love them again. I could accept myself for whom I was, you know, that I was a a loving individual and not to um, hate myself or anything like that, just to start loving myself. And he also dwelled into me about fear, how fear is the root of all evil, the root of all negative things is fear. Like people, I can't express this enough, um, when you have fear, it keeps you from accomplishing anything you, your heart desires. It, it keeps you from loving people. It keeps you from being a success in your business. Uh, it keeps you from getting a job. It keeps you from everything, fear. So... He really preached to me about fear. And then he um, he took my personalities and me, and we walked through this gate. Hello. Hi, I'm there. Hey, oh, Maureen. Maureen's here. Welcome, Maureen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Great. We Hi, are Maureen. Talking, we are talking to Susie from the uh, book signing the other night. And oh, we're hi, talking Susie. A little bit hi. about... Saint Germain. Your voice sounded familiar. I've been listening in here for about, you know, ten or so minutes. Well, I was just telling them about going to the gate, and as soon as she went, I went to the gate, I saw God. I saw the, the love of God. 
And from that moment on, the veils were dropped for me, and I was uh-huh. able to see orbs and the other side and see the masters, sending masters and Christ and even Hindu deities. When I look at Hindu, I see the deities. Uh-huh. So you so, can see this? So if somebody is in front of you, this is Dorothy. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Dorothy. Uh, Hi, Warren. Hi, Susie. Um, Hi. So if you can see... So you, can you see this in front of people? Do people actually come to you and ask for, yes. like, a session? Uh-huh. So, oh. That's well, I have, I have certain, I do certain modalities. I do something called 22-24 DNA activations. And when, I I come, when they come to me and I do this wand and this electric blue energy comes out of this wand and it raises the people's vibrations and it clears out a lot of energy. And when... I look at a person, I can see inside a person, and I, I can see their, like, I guess their soul line. There's a center line that connects to the higher mental self and on up to the I am presence. But on the other, either side of that is like a pink and blue line, and I see those, those energies. And usually when a person comes to me, I can already sense that they've had alcohol or heavy into drugs, like if they've been sick and they're taking drugs and everything. Their energies are really dark. But as soon as, usually as soon as I DNA activate them, they just light up like a Christmas tree. Oh, I can see really their helpful. hearts. I can see the lungs. Uh, one guy had AIDS, and I could see his stomach all messed up with um, the drugs he's been taking. Um, like one time a lady came to me, and I was looking at her back, and she had, I, I knew her for a long time, but I didn't know just about her. I was looking down her back. I could I could actually see the, her spine. Wow. And I said, hey, Sandy, your spine curves. You got curvature of the spine. Just, yes, but I never told anyone. You know, and, that's, uh, that's interesting. I mean, because you can do that with uh, uh, psychic, uh, uh, not healing, but psychic. Uh, the, medical intuitive? Yeah, thanks a lot. Okay. I need somebody to help <laughs> yeah. me with that. Well, you know, I, it's, what, if a person wants me to know about themselves, they allow me to do this because a person has free will, and um, sometimes they're really closed, and I can't get anything. But usually right. if a person comes to me, they want to know. Like my dentist one time, he said, look at me. I just had a heart operation. And I looked at him, and I go, well, you've got three metal rods in your heart. And he goes, and everybody around him laughs. And I go, he goes, stop laughing. He's right. I just had three titanium rods put in my heart. Wow. So where can and, we find you? you well, I live, now. <laughs> you can come anytime. I live in uh, Massachusetts and New York. I have an apartment in, and I... Um, well, you don't have to give us your apartment address, but you can tell right. us. Do you have a website? <laughs> no, just SusieMann at AOL.com. Excellent. Okay. And my phone number is 917-587-5036. Oh, that wasn't a good thing to do. <laughs> that wasn't a good um, thing to do? No. Well, Susie, let me ask you this. Okay. How open, that. <laughs> how, how open do you feel people are that come to you, um, you know, or the ones that talk to you even about having their DNA activation? I mean, do you find there are people starting to open up as, yes. you know, collectively, that people are starting to become more open to accept different, uh, you know, theories or different types of healing that they're not familiar with? Well, I think people are always searching to find God. They're trying to find 
a better way of living. They're trying to find that love that they're missing in their lives. Mm-hmm. And instead of going inwardly, people have tried to, to find the love through material things, through the outer self. And so a lot of people find me, or I find them, or whatever, and when they come to me and after my DNA activate them, they have some really good experiences, but then they start clearing out a lot of negative stuff in their life, and sometimes they don't like me at all. Like my sister, I see her and, like, her ex-husband, her got a divorce, you know, (laughs) because she started realizing the negative things in her life. Right. And and now she's in love with a great man, so things work out. So, you know, you guys all know that I've had my uh, DNA strand activation rate or whatever the hell it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, how, how did you feel? Yeah. How yeah, that? Sim- simply amazing. Wow. Amazing? That's it? Can yeah. you explain it? Yeah, amazing. No, I had feel anything different? You know, you know that they use the wand. It's made by a special Indian tribe by a full moon on a special night. Yes. No, I did not know that. And out of that wand, it depends on the person handling it, how powerful that wand comes. That's right. But it, the, the ascending masters come through with this electric blue energy that goes into the back of your body, into your etheric field. It, they don't touch you with the wand. They go through 12 points, which is, um, which is emotions and intellect and things like that. There's a list of it. But it just um, activates it, and also at the same time, it starts clearing out things. And it tries, people try to shift. They want to shift into a higher level of consciousness. People don't want to be, you know, sad all the time. All the time. They want to be happy. And, and when people come to me, um, I've never had anyone leave ha- unhappy. <laughs> I mean, I work on someone for like, couple hours, because usually when I do it, I get their mother or father or grandparents come in, like this girl walks in the door one time, and she said, she's very, very nervous, and I said, well, I can understand why, and um, and as soon as I started looking at her, I said, your grandfather, I see your grandfather, and I see that he's telling me that he died of lung cancer. And also, he has a beard. Well, right after I said that, her mother and father called her on her mother called her on her cell phone, and she answered it. And she said, "Mom, did did Grandpa die of lung cancer?" But she really didn't know because she was really too young. She goes, "Yes, she yes, she did." Hmm. And then she calmed down, and then she was able. I was able to help her, you know, DNA her, and she was fine. Now, Susie, I know that you probably have said this, and I apologize if I missed it, but um, where did you have your DNA activation done, and how did you learn how to do this? Um, I, <laughs> I went out to a school in Utah, and they, first off, we do a debt class where we become initiated into the energies of the brotherhood and sisterhood life. And then they DNA activate us. And then I was taught how to do it to other people. 
Does that take a long time to do to go through that schooling? To go to the school? Yeah, is it is it like a, a couple year course or is it just oh no 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 intensive week um, workshop? Yes, it's like a week workshop. Wow. Yeah, and um, at Deb, I teach I teach people how I I'm I'm somehow can really connected with Saint Germain and them. Maybe because they I see I've seen them. And um, the last adept class I did, there was a young man, and St. Germain came in. He actually initiated us both. And it was awesome. Um, I'm, I'm dating that guy now. Really? <laughs> 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 really? Well, there's something called Twin Flame. There is, yeah. And uh, a year ago, last summer, I was really... I had lost my husband a couple of years before, and I was grieving, and, and I wanted to go back into the natural part of my spirituality instead of working in corporate. And I had asked for, I had prayed to and asked for St. Germain to come forth and bring me my twin flame and enough money to just live on. And um, so a few months later... I met this man. He he uh, so happened to find me, and I DNA DNA activated him, and I did a death class on him. And also, I lost my job, uh-huh. and I was in heaven. I was, was so happy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably the only person that was glad <laughs> to lose their job. <laughs> wow, things well, happen. things happen for a reason, though. In order, you know? yep, there, everything's in divine order, no matter how. Uh, messed up, it, it feels... Even my life? Even, Even your, your life. <laughs> Absolutely. You're right where you need to be, Ron. Right. As it seems. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I must have really pissed someone off in the other world then, if I'm where I'm supposed to be. Well, the other world, the, the ghosts and everything are just... They're just um, people that have passed on, and and some of them didn't want to go into the light. Some of them wanted to hang around because they were afraid to go into the light because everyone tells them they're going to go to hell, so they don't want to go to hell, so they hang around here. That's, that's, what they that's one me. of the theories. That's why the slaves, this was... I was that that I was, is one of the theories, but uh, yeah. it doesn't explain the person who doesn't believe in uh, religion at all and is still here in the afterlife. Well, they don't know where to go. Because just because their body has become old and diseased and they die, their hey, personality hey, hey. is still there. there. I, I don't know. I, I think uh, <clears throat> that there are different reasons why different spirits are around. I don't believe you can just uh, put them all in one little neat character. You can't. I agree. You cannot put them all in. This was one house in New York that I was in, and I was seeing... Oh, my God, there were so many ghosts hanging out there. And I couldn't understand why until I got to the top floor of this townhouse. And I said, I turned to the real estate broker, and I said, this house is built on top of a cemetery. Mm -hmm. And someone opened up a portal here, you know, an opening. And I said, was anybody really spiritual that lived here? And she said yes to all the questions I asked. The house... Is, was built on an old Portuguese cemetery, and someone 
was a very spiritual person, had opened up an opening. And so this house became very haunted. And um, I was there, and I could see um, there was a black, beautiful black man that was hanging out there. And he he was afraid to go into the light, and we were able to bring him into the energies of the white light. Mm. And it was beautiful to see his face as, he, as the white light opened up for him. And he went into it. He walked into it. And there was another woman who told me that she didn't want to go in the light because she was afraid she was going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. And that clicked with me. I go, oh, my God, this is why there's ghosts. Probably a lot of ghosts, you know. That, that's so, interesting because uh, Richard Felix from Most Haunted believes in that, too. And uh, we actually have a show, show coming up where I have a Franciscan monk who's going to debate the uh, topic of uh, that with them. So that should be interesting. But, Ron, I remember back when, back in the turn of the century, how religious everyone was, mm-hmm. you know, how fundamental everybody was, you know, Queen Victorian age mm-hmm. era, you know, 1800s, everyone was afraid of hell. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just ingrained in people that they're going to go, they're going to either go two places, I, I, hell or heaven. I think that's true in some cases, but I, I hate to say this, Susie, but we are we are absolutely out of time. Oh, so, okay. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, and you thank know you, you ought to go me. you ought to go on to uh, Circles of Wisdom and talk to them because I think there's, there's some people who are interesting in what in what you do and uh, say what? That okay. Was, that was a what, whisper. What was that? <laughs> that was a whisper. <laughs> no idea. Anybody hear that? Ron. Well, thank you, Susan. You have a good night. Thank good you night. very much. Yeah, thank bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was weird. Yeah. What was that whisper? Who whispered, guys? It was not me. I'm sick. wasn't me. <laughs> you all heard that, right? Yes. Yes. Wow. I, I have to tell you guys something. Now, now you're not going to believe this, but I'm running out of time, but... Uh, Ghost Chronicles International, um, I had uh, the fellow from the Cashtown Inn in Gettysburg on, a, on the first half hour from the U.S. And then the, in the second half, Richard Felix was in a uh, pub in uh, Derby, uh, Derby. And what happened is someone said, there's someone standing behind you went to the chat room. And then they started describing it as a roundhead. As it turns out, this was a roundhead city during the during the uh, revolution, uh, the English Revolution. And it, it got into this whole thing uh, where it was almost like uh, Most Haunted, where we had uh, a, a psychic uh, actually telling us about a spirit that, that was there with him. So I, I thought that was kind of neat. Wow. And I go to show you about remote viewing. And, and uh, I mean, it's amazing what we can do if, if uh, you know, we, we don't block it with our eyes. You know? That's it, exactly. You got it. But anyways, uh, we have some neat shows coming up. Uh, start next week. We're going to have a new format with some new features, and we'll be talking some ghost stuff. Uh, and coming up next month, too, we're going to be talking zombie. Cool. And, Dorothy, I want to thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you so week. much. Thank you. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Good night, Dorothy. Good night. And uh, Maureen, thanks a lot for dropping by. And uh, yeah, good luck sorry in Cali- about that. Good luck in California. <laughs> good night. Thanks. God bless. Good night. God bless.
From ghoulies to ghosties. It's Radio with Answers on how you can be more effective on the job and how employers can help their people be more productive. It's Radio with Insights.